This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Good morning. morning. The first lesson is from the 33rd chapter of Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is from the third chapter of First Thessalonians. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth Distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, Stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day, does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, 
praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. As you've heard me say, so now we come to the beginning of a new church year. Advent marks the beginning of that year. And if you've ever looked at the way a church year is laid out, it is like a great wheel rolling through history made up of six spokes, made up of two great cycles divided each into three. We have this season of waiting followed by a season of celebration and a season of reflection. A season of waiting, a season of celebration, a season of reflection. Here at the beginning, we have the season of waiting we know as Advent in anticipation of the celebration of Christmas, after which we have the season of Epiphany in which we reflect. Then will come the season of Lent when we wait for the celebration of Christmas, uh, excuse me, of Easter, (laughs) and then followed by the season uh, after Pentecost in which we reflect on these things. Waiting, celebrating, reflecting. Of these three dynamics in the church calendar, it seems to me that we are most at home in these seasons of waiting. Because as excited as we get at Christmas and at Easter, we don't know what it's like to be there. We don't know what it is like to come like the three wise men and worship at the birth of a king, of a god. We don't know what it is like to come to a tomb and find it empty to encounter the raw fact of resurrection ourselves. Rather, we live in a world that seems to be painfully devoid of these things. And so we wait. We wait for what we do not know. We wait for what we do not have. Indeed, sometimes it seems like we spend a lifetime waiting. Children waiting to become teenagers. Teenagers waiting to become adults. Adults waiting to figure out what it's all about. And finally, waiting for that last great mystery that carries us on to eternal life. We wait for our Lord to come. We hear from Jeremiah this morning and he proclaims the day is surely coming, I tell you. The day is surely coming when there will be a righteous branch that will sprout from the bare and blasted stump of Jesse 
I don't know if you remember who Jesse was. Jesse was the father of King David. From his house came King David. And through King David, the promise made by God that God would support his reign and that his reign would never end. A claim that must have seemed laughable to the people to whom Jeremiah spoke. For he was speaking to the Israelites in exile, in slavery. And not only had the reign ended, but so had their holy city, their temple, their nation, everything that gave them identity, it had all ended. But into this full stop comes this quiet note, this this cipher of hope. And not just hope, but something more than hope. Surely the day is coming when a branch a righteous branch will sprout from the stump of Jesse. What will that look like? It will look like justice and righteousness in the land. It will look like equity. It will look like peace and security. All these things the people didn't have, that the people didn't know, all these things that they had lost. And so now, that same voice continues to echo down through the ages, continues to hold the tonality together of our narrative. That single note that says, surely the day is coming. We still live in a time when these things seem to be in short supply. We still live in a time when violence seems to be the go-to, whether in personal relationships, community relationships, or national relationships, where there should be understanding And compromise and love, instead we find coercion and oppression and violence. We still live in a time when the powerful oppress the weak, whether through injustice, exploitation, or simply passive, ignoring, and accepting. For after all, it's hard to whip ourselves up into action over stuff that's happening to somebody else, as long as it doesn't impact us too much. We still live in a time when peace and security 
seem to elude us. We feel uneasy in mind and body. And to us comes this promise of a day that is coming. And all we can do is wait. But waiting is not a form of suspended animation. We don't simply throw up our hands and say, well, someday, Lord. Rather, the waiting that we are called to do is a waiting like the waiting of a woman awaiting birth. We lean toward that day. We yearn for that day when we will be delivered from the travail of this day, from the labor of this day, into this new reality that is promised to us, this new relationship, this, this new life. This act of waiting is itself an act of faith. Because you don't wait for what you don't expect. We wait, and in that waiting, our lives, our reality becomes reoriented toward the thing for which we wait. I had a wonderful conversation with um, Bev Rundio. She was filling me in on some of the history of the church, and she said that, you know, we came to a time when it was not at all clear that Lord of Life was going to survive, In fact, the synod had already, in essence, pronounced us beyond hope. We couldn't find the money. We couldn't find the numbers to sustain the operating budget. That's why I asked her, well, how did you get through that? She said, well, we just pretended we were a big church and kept on going. And we're here. The way in which we wait is we wait as if the kingdom of God is already here. Jesus says, look around you. See what's going on. I can't tell you when the kingdom of God will arrive, but when you see the leaves sprouting, you know that summer is on its way. Look around you, and what do you see? In the midst of this darkness, in the midst of a world too often defined by acts of violence and injustice and and inequity and, and all of the other conditions that we mourn about, we see moments of brilliance. We see moments of unexpected generosity. Moments of unexpected sacrifice. Moments when these things that we yearn for that seem so fragile suddenly get lifted up and justice becomes clearly visible. Suddenly get lifted up 
and peace make sense suddenly get lifted up and even if just for a moment we discover a new understanding and a new love for those around us and it may not last but while it is there we can point to it and say yes that's it that's the kingdom of God I recognize it come Lord Jesus And we remember what it is we are waiting for and we hunger for it all the more. We hunger for the coming of Christ. We still hunger for the coming of the one who is himself the incarnation of the kingdom of God. And in his second coming, will come the fullness of that kingdom and the fullness of our lives and the fullness of our expectations. And then our waiting will be done. Amen.